Hello all and welcome back to the Jet Rail Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Treese, and this week's episode I have already filmed half of it and I just deleted it because I rambled about zero things for way too long and um, I decided that there is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about and address for a long while, but I kind of just want to get it off my chest and get it out of the way because I think um, it's something that everybody has dealt with in one way or another and uh, I want to give my take on it. So let's just jump into it during our quarantine season. Okay, let's go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, guys, so for this week's episode, um, like I said in the intro, I just rambled about zero things for forever. Um, In my defense, it is 2.30 in the morning. Um, My sleep schedule is absolutely jacked right now, and it seems, judging from the meme culture, that that is not uncommon for our quarantine situation. Um, I have definitely been uh, jacking up my sleep schedule. (sighs) like ridiculously like waking up at like noon and going to bed at like four or 5 a.m. And that is so not me. And I hate that so much. And this time around, it is not because I'm depressed. It is because I'm staying up way too late doing things that I probably should be doing during the day, but either don't have time for or the availability to. Dun, dun, dun. What does she mean? I'll get to it. However, there's the things I want to talk about first. First, obviously, I want to address that, um, you know, obviously, everything that's going on in the world is very scary and dark for a lot of people, and I can't even begin to imagine the people that um, don't have jobs right now. It's it's terrifying, and I just, my heart goes out to everyone, and I just am fortunate and um, super grateful that I work on a horse farm, and that's where I live, and I don't have to go anywhere to do that. And, uh, most of my income is from online and all of my classes were able to be moved online. I just, I'm very grateful for that. And my heart goes out to a lot of people out there. I just, I can't even begin to empathize and imagine how hard the situation is. But, um, I hope that this podcast episode can, uh, bring a little light to the day. Maybe like a conversation with your homie while you clean your house or do something productive because that is what I've spent majority of my quarantine doing is redecorating, cleaning, organizing, going through my clothes, minimizing, and just cleaning the dog shit out of my house. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so uh, 
yeah, that's how quarantine's going for me. Cleaning and exercising a lot. Playing with horses a lot. And new babies. We have new babies, and I love them with all my heart. Dexter and Astro. They're some Irish drought babies. Um, but anyway, the topic of this podcast um, episode is something that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, and it's it's difficult to talk about, but I kind of want to take it from the top and, um, maybe you guys can relate. I do want to say, not a professional in any capacity, um, but I can only speak from experience and offer you guys the information that, um, I gained from talking to friends, family, and my therapists, and just all sorts of different people that really helped me through this time. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, I think it's something that everybody goes through, at one point or another, and it's a really difficult thing to deal with. And, um, in light of everything that's going on around, I think that it's kind of appropriate to talk about a hardship and, um, and then that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So the story does conclude well, but I do want to talk about, um, my past relationship and, um, how it affected me and how I came out of it and all of the, the things I went through, um, that just went on behind the scenes. Cause in, in past episodes, I've talked about, uh, my experiences with depression and how bad it got really last year. And up until pretty much like into January, I think is when it, it finally quit. And then I was like, Oh my God, I can breathe again. Honestly, it might've been the end of February. I really can't even, my concept of time is just dicked. (laughs) So I don't, I don't remember, but anyway, um, yeah. So, oh, let's just get into it. So relationship dating history, let's just talk about it. Okay. Why not? It's fun. And you know, the least I can do during all of this is make you feel like you're talking to a friend, a little buddy, and I'm giving you my history of the relationships that I have been through in my life. Um, because I'm not embarrassed of them. They have happened and each and every person taught me something wonderful. Um, you know, my first boyfriend I got when I was 16, I wasn't one of those kids that had like playground kisses and stuff like that. Um, no boys ever liked me cause I was fugly <laughs> and I was super, super weird. <laughs> like so painfully weird. Um, like I'm talking like low, tangly, ugly, short ponytail all day, every day and, uh, wire rim, brown glasses and big old buck teeth, which eventually got braces, which you guessed it made it worse. Cause I had springs too. And I thought it was really cute to like flip the springs out to where I'd look like I had little like metal vampire teeth. It wasn't cute. Um, I just, I looked a mess. I looked like a small bean. Like my face looked like a bean. Like if you took like a black eyed pea like a legume and put glasses and a messy ponytail and braces on it. That was my face. (laughs) And it's so bad. And I just like only wore Bermuda shorts, horsey t-shirts and like just high top converse. I thought I was like super retro. Um, anyway, very weird kid. I was living my best life. Didn't care about anybody else. I was probably one of the bitchiest little children you might've ever met in your life. So spoiled, such a dick. And, um, Wow, we are full of cursing tonight. This is how I normally talk, for the record. (laughs) Um, And I'm feeling more candid during quarantine, so I told you this was going to be a friendship conversation, okay? So here we go. Um, Anyway, 
weird kid, long story short. Never had a boyfriend until I was 16. It led to lots of trauma about boys not liking me. Um, but yeah, so finally I was like 16 and, um, as my sophomore year of high school, um, this guy sat behind me in my history class and, you know, I was like flirting with him, whatever. And, um, and we just kind of like hit it off and they hit me up on Twitter and we like started going back and forth, whatever. Um, I had a little bit of a glow up at this point, but I don't, I still don't think I had eyebrows on my face at this point. And like, listen, okay. I feel like I should address this also. I'm very aware my eyebrows are too dark all the time, but if they're any lighter, they're not on my face. And I don't know how to do the fancy like fade eyebrow thing. It just is not within my wheelhouse. I've tried. I've watched every tutorial. I can't do it. I gave up. So they're going to be blocky. So what if I use a Sharpie to do my eyebrows? Leave me alone. I'm fine. You're fine. We're fine. I know it doesn't look good. I can't help it. Anyway, so we had had a little bit of a puberty interaction and got my first boyfriend. We dated for like, I don't know, like nine months, I think. It was it was a long first relationship. Um, Like about six months in, I was like, oop, <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And, um, we just kind of like, I mean, obviously we're like 16, 17. And, um, I was just like, we're too different. You don't care about me anymore. One. He's like, I'm 16, 21. <laughs> and, um, so then we broke up and, um, that was that. And then I had my second boyfriend, which was an interesting story actually. Cause my first boyfriend, we'll call him Tom and my second boyfriend will call him Jake. I am so bad with names. So this should be fun. Um, <laughs> so I broke up with Tom, the first one, and, um, he started dating Jake's girlfriend <laughs> and Jake's girlfriend just cheated on him with Tom. And then I hit up Jake and I was like, I'm so sorry that happened. Cause I felt like partially responsible. It was like my dog bit somebody's kid. I was like, I'm sorry that happened. <laughs> and then we hit it off and then we started dating. So we just like did like a cute little swap. Anyway, I ended up breaking up with Jake and then he went back to the girl that cheated on him with Tom. So <laughs> I mean, like you do you dude, like what's up? Um, anyway. And then, um, after that I went, um, I just like kind of took a break, I think. Cause, uh, Jake was, he was the rebound off of the, my first love at at least what I thought at the time. And I was like, you know, I just, I think I need a break. Cause I didn't really feel it for the second guy and I just want to take a break. So I didn't really, I don't think I really did anything for a while. And then, um, I met this other guy. We'll call him Carl. Um, <laughs> we'll call him Carl. Um, I met him on Instagram. Uh, so also there's a common theme here. Like I met the first one in person, obviously. And then I knew of the second one because he went to my school, but he was a grade above me. Um, but I met them all on different like apps. <laughs> like I met the first one or I talked to the first one for real on Twitter. And then the second one was on this app called Fahoto. It was like P H H H O T O. It doesn't exist anymore, which like broke my heart. I loved that app so much. It was so fun. It, essentially you just made like artsy gifs and that was like your feed. Um, also I feel like I should address, I do have a retainer in. So if it sounds like I have a lisp, that's why, because, <laughs> um, I'm bleaching my teeth and I forgot to record this episode because I also forgot last week's episode and I was like, I guess I can stay up and record this one. Uh -huh. So <laughs> I have a retainer in. So 
ADHD. Sorry, I felt like I needed to tell you that. Anyway, and then, so we have Twitter, photo, um, and then Carl I met on Instagram because he DM'd me. Ironically, a few days before I met him, I still am not entirely clear on whether or not he was responding to my ad, but I jokingly posted on what was then Jet Eventing, my Jet Equitheory account, and was like, I'm taking applications for a boyfriend and I just was jokingly like listed things and a few days later he DM'd me I thought he was perfect because he was a horse guy he like seemed to like have a nice family and he like had himself together like he just seemed like a good dude you know and I was like cool let's do it and so we dated for like three months I think the first one was nine months uh and then second was three and then third was also three um I went on a trip with him, Carl, and promptly realized that I was no longer interested, (laughs) which sucks so bad. I feel like such a jerk, and I feel like this is such, like, this conversation that I'm having right now I'm very insecure about because I feel like this is so not normally what I talk about on this podcast, but I feel like, I don't know, maybe it gives some frame of reference, Um, you know, because, I mean, a lot of my followers, I feel like, are going through young relationships and young love and experiencing all that. So maybe it's fun to hear about it. I don't know. And also it's a little humanizing. I am a person and I have had many a bad boyfriend. (laughs) Um, anyway, so number three, Mr. Carl, um, I went on a trip with him and I was like, Whoa, no thanks. Like he was just kind of like, like rude to my friend's family. And, uh, when I called him out on it, he just like cried a lot (laughs) and was like, like, oh, I don't know. You just seem so distant. I was like, yeah, cause you're being weird. <laughs> like, I don't know. You're like got a whole ego thing happening. And then he was like, it was, it was just, it was such a mess. Like he just wanted to hang out with me the whole time. And I was like, I want to hang out with my friends that I traveled across the country to see. It was a whole thing. Not fun. Did not appreciate that. Um, so the second we got home from that nine hour car ride, um, I broke up with him, <laughs> and which just makes me sound like such a jerk, but it was a clean break, um, and I'm pretty sure he knew it was coming the entire time, because that entire nine-hour ride, car ride home, I was like, mm, I don't know, I'm not really feeling it, and he was like, no, but listen, <laughs> that was, oh god, it was so painful, um, but anyway, um, broke up, now he's dating somebody that I went to high school with, so that all worked out for him, because they seem happy together, um, so yeah, I'm not in contact with any any of my exes, that, that whole be friends with your exes thing did not work out for me. Um, anyway, so after Mr. Carl, I start, I went on a few dates. Um, I thought that Tinder would be a fun thing to do. So I downloaded Tinder and I also was just like fresh out of high school. I think yeah, at this point I had just graduated and I was like, okay, well now I have zero ways to meet people because it's summer. And, uh, also, I live in Arkansas, and also, I don't go to social things, um, and I didn't have a friend group, so I was, like, tender. <laughs> so, because um, for those of you that don't know, my best friend is Madison Ibach, and she lives in North Carolina. We met, like, 2013 over Instagram, and flew out to see her a few times. She's flown out to see me, like, good friends talk every day over FaceTime, and, um, and now I ha- actually do have a friend in town, but uh, back then, she was my, like, my soul friend. <laughs> and, uh, I had a few friends, uh, in town, but I just didn't really click with anybody. Um, <laughs> problems. <laughs> um, that is a podcast for another time, but, um, which is so crazy because I feel like people 
on Instagram always DM me and they're like, ah, we would be such good friends. Yours. And I mean, that they're, I mean, they're, I'm sure they're, there's some truth to that, but they're like, but I'm so hard to be friends with. Apparently, <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I just, I don't click well with many people. I'm very picky, I guess. I don't know. It's reactive attachment disorder. Leave me alone. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I just downloaded Tinder and I went on like, I think I went on one date and it was so bad. It was so awkward. Um, like we just, we went to eat and then I didn't know I have this really bad habit of going on dates and making them last like five to six hours instead of like one. <laughs> and so like we went to, we went to a coffee shop and then we went to eat and then we went to a park and then we were in my car and then he kissed me goodbye and it was so bad. You know, those fish <laughs> that you see at Walmart or like a pet store or whatever, does Walmart have the fish sections anymore? I don't even, I don't, I could not tell you the last time I saw a section that had actual fish at Walmart. Anyway, that is an aside to research later. Um, but the fish that like suction to the, to the glass and they like, I don't know what those are called. I always call them sucker fish because I'm super creative. Um, that's what it was like. He just like moved his face around my face and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, that was, that was a no go. And he just like got out of my car and was like, I'll see you again. And I was like, no, you won't. <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Cause I'm a girl and that's what we do. And, uh, so <laughs> that was fun. And, uh, after that I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a year off. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to focus on me. I want to play with my horses and I'm about to go into college. I'll just take the summer and do me. I don't know why I just like intuitively knew to do that, but it was so, so good. Such a good decision. Cause I really got in touch with myself. I was confident. I didn't really want to date anybody. I was just like good being me. And, um, so yeah. And then I started college at the university of Arkansas, Little Rock, which we call Euler, which is a terrible school, not slander, an opinion. I don't like it. And I hated it there. And, um, at one point I was talking to like, just one night I was talking to Maddie on the phone and she was like dealing with some stuff with her boyfriend and she was annoyed and sad. And she was like, can you download Tinder so I can live vicariously? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really want to. I'm still like, I haven't made it a full year. I think I lasted like nine or 10 months, uh, of just like not in a relationship, not pursuing a relationship or anything. And, um, in, in my social circle, uh, which is like a line, a social line. Um, if I am not pursuing <laughs> anybody, I don't meet anybody. Um, so yeah, that's about how that works for me. Uh, so anyway, I downloaded Tinder and then I just like started doing some swiping, started talking to some people, lowered my standards, started talking to more people. I guess <laughs> that's how Tinder goes. Um, and, uh, I, after a few days, I just like kept going on it and I was talking to a few people, um, but I wasn't like super interested in anybody and conversations were kind of dry. And then, um, ah, it's so weird to reflect on like, ugh, I hate it. Um, but I think it's important. So we're going to talk about it. Um, and then I met, what should we call him? We'll call him the names I'm thinking of are too close to his actual name. 
I'm sure most, like 90% of you that follow me will know who this individual is because he was all over my account. Um, but I bet you won't find any pictures now because a homegirl is blocked. <laughs> um, but uh, we will call him Kyle. That's, that's fitting. Um, so I met Kyle and we started talking about music and just like horse stuff, of course, because I'm not going to make a Tinder profile and not put my horse on it. Are you kidding? Especially like the, like a badass cross country picture. Yeah. We're going to throw that on there. I get the horse girl memes. Yes. They send them. They comment on it. They make dirty jokes. It do happen. You, you know, get no reward without risk. Right. Is that how that goes? Um, anyway, so met Kyle, started talking to him. Um, and he went to a school, um, close to where I am now and um so we were like an hour away um and you know we just really hit it off and so I was like I'm I'm gonna do something shady because Maddie was like you have to meet him because I talked to him for like two weeks just texting like just texting um and like I think we had each other we we definitely had each other on snapchat but um I don't think we were like sending pictures or anything just like texting. And then I had his phone number. Um, but, uh, then she was like, you gotta meet this dude. And I was like, okay. So I devised a plan. I was like, I'm gonna schedule a tour for the school I'm at now because there was a lot happening and I was going to move up here to the situation I'm in now where I live in the tiny house, work for Sunny, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted to go to Henderson anyway. (laughs) So it worked out. So I decided to schedule a tour at Henderson and then I texted him and I was like, Hey, I'm going to be in town for a tour. Would you like to grab a cup of coffee when I'm in town? And he was like, sure. So, uh, that's what I did because apparently I have to make the first move always my first kiss ever swear, uh, with what did we call him? Oh no, I forgot it. We've got Carl, Jake, Tom, Tom was the first one. I hope anyway, um, my first kiss with him on my front porch and he was just staring at me and I said, are you going to kiss me or what? And he was like, well, do you want me to? And I was like, well, I, why would I have asked if I did not? And he was like, okay. And it was very uncomfortable. So <laughs> that's, that is how that goes. Um, anyway, so, uh, I drove up here and I went on my tour and I was like shaking in my boots the entire time. I was so nervous. And, um, I actually like bought a sweatshirt from the gift shop because I hated what I was wearing. I just like immediately got insecure about it and was like sweatshirt the end. Um, so did that, met him and, uh, like picked him up. We went to a coffee shop, which is weird in hindsight. I don't know why <laughs> I drove. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, cause we don't like label, we don't have norms here. So, um, I picked him up, went to the coffee shop, sat down talked for a little bit. I honestly blacked it out. I have no idea what we said. Um, then drove around for a little bit more. I'm so nervous. Just kept saying the raunchiest things because apparently the only thing I know how to do is make horrible, dirty jokes, um, in any situation ever and, uh, make people so uncomfortable that they have to laugh. Um, so <laughs> that is what happened. Um, and we ended up at a park and, um, just walked around and did that, which believe it or not, I have in fact recreated that date unintentionally, <laughs> but it did happen. Um, it was not my fault. Another guy from town, 
I went on a date with and we did the exact same date and I was like, oh God, <laughs> what have I done? Um, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, then, um, me and Mr. Kyle, uh, parted ways with a handshake. Um, it was very cordial. And then after that, we went on a few more dates. Um, and we went to like the movies. Um, and yeah, it was just like very vanilla stuff. And then, um, obviously we could only hang out on like weekends and stuff when we both didn't have class because we were an hour apart and, um, he would come see me every weekend and, um, it was just really sweet. It was like the best, the best ever. Like I talked to him all the time, FaceTimed him all the time. I was like absolutely head over heels for this kid. And, uh, like, I don't know. It was just ridiculous. And, um, it's hard to talk about now because like, I feel zero things toward that situation. So it (laughs) just sounds so flat and I'm doing a terrible job conveying how much it really meant to me at the time. Um, but I was like, just so invested in that relationship. We both were. And, um, yeah, I mean, he would drive every weekend an hour and, um, like on Saturday, I think he would like come Friday after classes, um, hang out with me and then go back And then on Saturday morning he would come and then he would leave. And then on Sunday morning he would come and then he would leave. And eventually my parents were like, we feel horrible that you're leaving our house at like 2 a.m. to drive all the way back to Arkadelphia. Why don't you just stay? And so he started staying and obviously sleeping in a separate room. Did shenanigans ensue? perhaps, but I will neither confirm nor deny. I'll leave that up to your imagination. Um, if you would like to maintain a pristine image of me, nothing happened. If otherwise, carry on. (laughs) Um, anyway, um, so that happened and it was just great and fun and I could not wait to move up here so I could be closer to him. And I was like, we could like hang out regularly. I could actually come see you more. Cause like there was really no point in me driving up here. I did a few times, but like he lived in a dorm, like, I don't know. And so, yeah, so that was what we did. And then, um, as soon as I moved up here, things changed. Um, and also I guess there's something else I should address. So six months into our relationship, cause I think we started dating in, at the beginning of March. Um, And then, uh, actually that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no. Okay. March, April, May, June. So four months in, I guess. Um, it was either June or July. I don't know. It was four or five months in. doesn't matter. Um, I went as his wedding date to his brother's wedding and his family was very religious. And if you guys recall from a past episode, I'm not religious at all. Um, and he knew this and, uh, he told his family, which was super fantastic. I loved that, that I didn't get a chance to explain myself, but it's fine. Um, and so, uh, I went to his brother's wedding and it was a very religious ceremony. It was beautiful. I was crying. I loved it. I thought that they were just magical together. It made me so happy. And it made me like think about our relationship. And I was like, holy shit. I forget that I can swear. (laughs) It's my podcast. We're fine. Um, I was like, I just, I love this kid so much. And then that night at the wedding party, I may or may not have gotten a smidgen too intoxicated. And then I was listening to everybody read speeches and they were all very religious. And it got to me because we got that good old religious guilt. Um, 
and I ended up just like blackout crying. <laughs> so bad. Oh god, it was so embarrassing. The next morning, I was like, "What is wrong with me?" Because I remembered it a little bit. Because like by that time, I was like sobering up, but I was like sad, so I was just like bawling my eyes out. And um, Kyle. The whole time, I'm like, I'm just not religious. Your family's going to be so disappointed. Are you sure that you're good with somebody who's not religious? Um, you know, like, it's just, it seems like it's a big deal. And he was like, nah, it's cool. You're good. Don't worry about it, babe. We're a team. We're in it together. And it was like a thing. Um, of course, like, what are you going to say in that situation other than that when you're stuck with somebody? Because at this point... Um, he lived in a different state, so I, like, had to travel to a different state because it was during the summer, and we were, school was not in session, so I had to go to his place, and I was, like, spending the week with his family for that wedding. It was a thing. Anyway, um, the day after I got home, like, flew home, got picked up by my family from the airport, very sad, missed him a lot, um, and then I slept till noon the next day. I remember it like it was yesterday. Slept till noon. And I woke up to a text from him that said, call me. I need to get something off my chest. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, that's not good. So I immediately called him and I was like, what is going on? And um, he just like started bawling and was like, I just don't know that I can be with you. I need somebody that can help me grow through God, et cetera, et cetera. All very fair arguments. Like, I, I, I'm not like saying anything is wrong with that, like, religion is very important to a lot of people. And, uh, I'm not going to lie. I would prefer that my, you know, partner b have the same like beliefs, morality that I do, because even though a lot of my views do line up with Christianity, a lot of them also don't like a lot. Um, so, I mean, uh, it just, it creates that that division between the two. And that's also like one of the highest causes for divorce. So it is, it is an important factor, um, when you have different ideologies. So, um, he was expressing his concern about that and he obviously felt very bad about it. But at the time I was just like, Oh my God. Like I just, I felt so victimized because I was like, how dare you have reassured me and told me that everything was fine and that it didn't matter. And now you're coming at me with this now. And like, after I just got home, like it just, it granted, like he might not have had time to like really have like sat with his thoughts and considered how it made him feel. He was just trying to reassure, oh, I need to stop playing with the remote. That's what that means. Um, he was trying to reassure me at the time. I like totally understandable in hindsight. Oh God, I'm so, I'm so immature. Um, but, um, yeah, it broke my heart because I, then decided to do what people often do in that situation, um, who are afraid of losing someone that they love. Um, I was like, I will change. And I regret that decision to this day. Um, I, I don't fault myself for it. I think that that was, you know, obviously not in my best interest. I was trying to keep him. Um, and I wasn't really thinking about myself. Um, and it, it broke me for like weeks. I just was so upset, um, because I was like, he doesn't accept me for me. And, uh, it's a problem who I am and what I believe is a problem, which sucks. And I definitely spiraled on that and made it worse than it was. But, um, I convinced him that I would look into religion and that I would try, I would read books and I would like see if I could convert myself, which is absolutely ridiculous because I've known what I've believed in 
like I've always known like I've never felt any sort of connection to religion I've only felt guilt for not believing it and um so that's an entire I talked about that on another podcast episode I don't need to dive into that again but um he he was like okay never mind. Yeah. Let's just stay together. And I was like, dope. And then I just like felt super betrayed for the next couple of weeks and, um, felt super off. And I was like, that just really sucks that like our entire relationship is contingent on me believing in God, uh, which hi guys don't do that. (laughs) Like that is, it's so hard on yourself for no reason. There are plenty of people out there with different ideologies. And even if they don't believe what you believe are willing to work with you on that, you know, like you don't have to stay with somebody. You don't have to change yourself to be with somebody. And that is why I'm making this episode. Okay. So I'll get to the lessons learned, but, uh, kind of like picking at them as we go. Um, I have so much compassion for my younger self because I, I just really tried my heart out. I didn't know what I was doing and there isn't a handbook for this sort of thing. And I was in like total, total love with Mr. Kyle and I wanted it to work so bad. I would have given my liver for that relationship. Probably not. Let's go with a kidney, um, a liver. I think I might die. Yeah. I don't know. I would have given an arm, a leg, my hair, my no anything. Like I just, that relationship was everything to me. So of course I was willing to sacrifice myself, which in hindsight, hi, toxic. Don't do that. Um, anyway, so we stayed together and then the cycle began from then on every three months we broke up. (laughs) Like, like I think, uh, like it started, like we started talking, I think, uh, 2018 January and then finally stopped talking altogether in August of 2019. So, um, like a year and a half ish, I guess. Um, and so the second time we broke up, I, I think that is when he started, um, the, I just don't see a future with you thing. Um, so each time we broke up, it just got more and more real to me. And, um, because like the first time we broke up, it was like 30 whole seconds and I convinced him back and it was fine. And then three months later, um, I think it was around Memorial day. Cause I, he was supposed to go to the lake with me and my family. And obviously like these things were very traumatic. I remember them very well. Um, because they, they stuck out to me and it hurt a lot. Um, and I remember he was supposed to go with us and he broke up with me like right before and, um, it sucked. And that was like, um, I remember, I think I was just like, do you, do you even want to be in this relationship? Because he had just gotten kind of distant. He was like, I'd just rather hang out with my friends instead of you. And, um, like just every time I called, he just like kept playing his video game. He was very dismissive, like did not didn't really seem interested in the relationship, which like, hi, again, you're good. Break up. Like, it's fine. There are plenty of other people in the world that will be interested and he will find somebody that he is interested in. Like, you know, you don't have to make it work, (laughs) especially when the other person like doesn't really want to anyway. You can't force somebody to be in a relationship. Oh God. Anyway, frustrating. Um, so 
he broke up with me, came over, talked about it. I cried and begged him to stay and he said, no, thank you. And then he left and I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, cool. And I didn't eat for a week and I didn't sleep. I just cried for a week straight and just laid on my couch and did absolutely nothing. Um, and then, uh, I think I went home to my parents for a little bit. Um, and then I was like, nope, that wasn't the right answer. <laughs> um, I love them dearly, but I really just, when I'm messed up, I just want to be alone. And, um, so I remember at some point during all of that, I picked myself up, um, uh, because we hadn't been together that long. I mean, I say that long, but we have been together for a while, but I was like, you know what? Fine. If he doesn't want to be with me, it's cool. So by the end of that week, I was like chilling. And then, um, you know, the first couple of days I blew up his phone and was like, how could you blah, blah, blah. You hurt me. Blah. And then by the end of the week, I was like, whatever. I don't want to talk to you anymore. And I was ignoring everything he sent me. And then, um, he called me crying and was like, I think I messed up. And, um, I was like, I'm busy. I don't talk about it. And, um, so we picked a day. He came over, we talked about it, we got back together. And, um, then that kept happening. <laughs> that happened, like, dude, I don't even know. I lost, like, I lost count. It was, like, four to six times. I don't, I honestly don't even remember. It, it happened so much. I remember he did it on Christmas Eve. And, um, I, like, I think we decided a week before Christmas to take a break and I gave him his Christmas presents. Um, was it manipulation into guilting him into staying with me? Oh yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but he, his reason every time was that he just didn't see a future with me. It didn't, he didn't know that it was going to last. And it was so frustrating to me. Cause I was like, you think I see a future? Like, I don't know. I'm not a fortune teller. You can't know that. Like I love you. That's it. The end. I don't need to know by some, like it just, it felt very, um, arbitrary to me. It felt like, you know, everyone always says like when they're the right one, you know, you know? And I was like, I don't know that I believe in all that. And like, I love you. I want to be with you. Like, that's enough for me. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. And it hurt. It hurt every time to hear that he didn't see a future with me. And that sucked. Um, but I just, I still wanted it so bad. I was not willing to let it go. I was terrified of being alone. I was terrified of not being with him and, um, having to start over and everything. And, um, so yeah, so I, um, we took a break and then he called me on Christmas Eve and he was like, I just, I don't think I can do this. And I was like, all right, cool. Have a nice life. And, um, we were like cordial. And then, um, I think it was like a month. And then I, um, like, I just heard a lot of things through his friends that he was just having a really rough go of it and they were worried about him. And so I reached out to him because that's not what you're supposed to do. Please God, nobody do that. Like, I mean, you can check on people, but like I had ulterior motives. I wanted the relationship back. And, um, I thought that that was potentially an opportunity to get that. Um, so sorry, I'm moving the mic a little bit. Um, anyway, so I reached out and I was like, you know, you can always talk to me, whatever. And, um, yeah, he was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I don't feel very good. It's fine. I'll figure it out. I'm a little depressed. We're good. And I was like, okay. Um, and, uh, I actually had a date that week. So I like slipped that in and then, 
um, just like toxic, toxic stuff. Like I I'm embarrassed to tell you guys this because uh, like I would never do that stuff now. Like, ah, God, it's just so cringy. But like sometimes, especially with stuff like that, you almost just have to go through it to understand, you know, I know the people out there that have gone through an on and off again relationship are like, yep, been there. Yep. Done that. Yep. That all sounds very familiar. The people that haven't are like, oh my God, you stupid bitch. Like <laughs> he didn't want to be with you. How much clearer could he be? And I was in therapy at the time. My therapist was high key insinuating the same thing. And I was like, I don't want to listen. So I stopped going to therapy <laughs> and now we're back and I love her and I respect her again because I now understand that sometimes she's right and helps me realize things that sometimes I don't always want to realize, um, but they are true. Um, and that's just one of many, 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 many examples. Um, anyway, um, so I mentioned that I was going to have a date on a specific day and then, um, that day rolled around and I was on that date and he FaceTimed me and, uh, it came up on my computer and my date was like, who is that? And I was like, that is my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. And it was like total sabotage. And so, and since obviously I cared more about my ex than I did about the guy I was on a date with, I snuck to the bathroom and texted him and I was like, is everything okay? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'm good. Have fun. And I was like, oh no. And so I got my date out of uh, my house and I was like, go away, please. And I, uh, then called him and then we ended up talking on the phone for way too long and getting back together because that is what toxic people do. Um, and, uh, then a little ways into that, um, an individual from his past reached out to me and, uh, informed me of some stuff that happened over the break and, um, he lied to me about it and I felt very betrayed, confronted him about that. And like, it just like, like I, I sincerely don't want this like to be taken out of context or like that. I don't respect this person. Um, Kyle, if you will. Um, but this is just what happened you know, to us and to me and to him as well. And at this point, like, I don't hold any, any grudge towards him. Um, I mean, like some of the stuff, obviously I can be like, that was just immature on both of our parts. Like, um, during the relationship, I thought it was all him. I thought that he was just the most awful person in the world for doing this to me. I thought that I gave him everything that I could. Um, and that he just kept screwing me over, but that's not the case. Everybody has a different story. He had his reasons for doing what he did and he, um, was in a low point and was embarrassed and didn't tell me, um, some things that happened. Uh, does that make it right? No, but, um, I do understand it. I get it. And we're all human. We all make mistakes and not everybody's perfect. And I can recognize that now. And that's one of the things that I learned from, like the huge, huge thing that I learned from that relationship is just that like, you know, just people, people are flawed. They're so flawed. And it's just a matter of how hard you both are willing to, um, you know, try. And it's not that relationships have to be all this work and they're, they're super, super difficult for anything to be good. But like, it does take effort to be with somebody and to show them that you love them and that you care about them. And, you know, sometimes for two 20 year olds, that's a little difficult. Um, so, you know, 
we had our problems and uh, we broke up a few more times and then finally I think by April we broke up for real um, but we like kind of kept talking and um, I saw him a few times over the summer and I was like just let me know if you want to like move on and you know start dating other people um, and he did not and I heard from people that were in his area and that found him on dating apps told me about it, which was very embarrassing for me because I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Like <laughs> I saw pictures up on my Instagram and stuff. People know who I am. My friends that are in that area know. Um, and like, it, it was just embarrassing. And, um, so that happened and, uh, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just, this is too much. It's, it's killing me. And it was like, I, like all last year was just a complete downhill slide for me. And, uh, it just kept getting worse and worse. Each time we broke up, I just got more and more numb to the world. Like it wasn't even that I was numb to the relationship. I just like stopped caring about anything else. And then once I lost it for real, like I had nothing. Um, so, you know, I finally was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And, um, then at the end of last year, I found out that, um, the girl that Mr. Kyle is with now, he was talking to in April. And I was like, oh, <laughs> we were still, we were a thing that entire time. And I didn't know. And I just, it's just icky and it makes me feel gross and stupid. Um, but here's the thing I could not have known. And, um, he had his reasons and I also know more than most people about his history and what he's been through. And, um, I have so much empathy for all of that. At the time I did not, I definitely sent some very, very nasty text messages. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so mean. Um, but, uh, I promptly got myself blocked on literally every single social media, but it's fine. Um, don't want to look at it anyway. Um, but yeah, so um, just a lot of, a lot of stuff happened, but like, here's the deal. I am not making this podcast episode to shit on my exes or to say that they are horrible people. They are all immature relationships and two young people trying to navigate their way through a very, very mature, complex and intricate like system. It's so hard to be in a relationship I mean, to give yourself wholly and completely to someone else and not look outside the relationship is not always easy. Um, and it doesn't come easy for everyone, especially people that maybe have trust issues. Like I know for my ex in particular, um, had some, had a toxic relationship before me and I hadn't experienced that. So all of my experiences with relationships were, um, like I gave my all until I felt like it wasn't being reciprocated and then I broke it off. And then in this relationship, for some reason, it was just different. And I gave my all despite not getting anything in return. I don't say anything, but like not getting the same, you know, amplitude of giving. Um, but I just, I was so infatuated and in love with, uh, Kyle that it just, um, it made everything not matter. And, um, like, I really, really want to stress that, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to like make a problem or anything like that. Um, you know, I mean, our situation, we were just so young and I know that that wasn't very long ago. I mean, it was August and it's March now. 
but I have changed so much in that time. Um, I've learned so much about myself. I've done so much reflecting and work on myself and I can only hope that he has too and that he's happy. And I finally mean that, you know, um, as much as I can. (laughs) Um, and it's hard because like, I, I have empathy and compassion. I understand where he came from. I understand why those things happened. I understand that like he was in a really difficult position with somebody that really loved him that he didn't feel right about, you know, and that's the bottom line. And I can't change that. And I can't hold that against him. The other things he did, he made some bad decisions, but also he's a 20 year old dude. Like that's what they do. That's kind of exactly all they're good for. (laughs) Some of them happen to be emotionally mature. Some of them happen to, um, be a bit ahead of the curve in that regard, but most of them, they kind of, they kind of still have like an incubation period before they're like ready to go. You know, I expected a lot of him and, um, I put a lot of pressure on him. Um, and I did a lot of guilt tripping and, um, just trying anything and everything I could to get him to love me back the way that I wanted to be loved. And, um, it's just not healthy. And like, like I said, this was not all him either. Like it doesn't justify all the things he did, but I, I had my part in it too, you know, and I'm willing to take responsibility for that. And, um, it's just a, it's just a relationship. It doesn't, it's fine. You know, like it, it's not the end of the world. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I'm stupid or, you know, I am pathetic because I chased after this guy that, um, clearly (laughs) did not want to be with me. Um, you know, long-term at least, um, we were just both scared of being alone, I think. Um, and that's why, you know, in between when we were ambivalent, he went looking for other people so that he wasn't alone. He always had me. And, um, that sucked for me because I wasn't looking for anybody else because he was the only one I wanted. But you know, sometimes it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes, you know, your love is unrequited and I think that's okay. You know, it's something that I finally come to realize that, um, just because you love somebody doesn't mean they have to love you back. And, um, moreover, there are plenty of people out there who are more than willing to do so. And, um, I, I just, I think the biggest thing that I took away from that was all the things that I did wrong in that relationship. Not that, you know, looking back on it, I should be like tearing myself apart. What all did I do to make it go wrong? And what could I have done to make it better? I don't think that relationship would have worked in any universe. I think that we are two different people who have very different values. Um, halfway through our relationship, we also like, we're like, what do we have in common again? I mean, like we were just very different people. And if I've learned anything from my social psych textbook, um, birds of a feather flock together. Um, opposites do not attract except for in genes and pheromones. You don't want people that, you know, are similar to you genetically because that's incest. So (laughs) that's about it. Um, other than that, we're attracted to people who look like us, who match us, who, um, you know, feel the same way about beliefs and, you know, politics, religion, uh, morality, values, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so yeah, we were just way too different trying to force something that wasn't there. And, um, I, I really think that, um, I learned a lot about myself in that relationship as like it. And I don't mean to underscore, like it hurt, it hurts so bad. 
I have never been at a lower point, and I know I didn't really talk about it online that much, but, like, because I couldn't, because his entire family followed me, and he followed me, and I didn't want to upset anybody, and, like, still, even making this podcast, I'm nervous because I don't want to upset anybody. Like, I, I love his entire family, and um, I wish no ill will towards him, and I hope that he's happy, um, and, yeah, so, I mean like, it's just, it's not a big deal anymore. It honestly feels very irrelevant. And that's why it's weird to talk about this, but I don't want to get too far away from it to where I can't like provide some wisdom. So like the first half of this little podcast, is like some girl talk. We're talking about boys and stuff. And then the last half here, we're just, um, giving some, some old gill wisdom. Um, I just think that it's really important to, especially if you've been through a breakup to like take some time to reflect on, what you can learn from it. One of my favorite quotes that I heard from who, God knows where is, uh, it's a, only a mistake if you don't learn from it. And so all the things that I learned from that relationship, like there is no way, no way I would have learned any of that without it. And it is only going to make me a better person for my next relationship, you know? Um, and I just, I really can't think it enough. It's truly invaluable. It sucks that I had to go through it. And I wish that I could have had that knowledge without going through it. But, um, unfortunately some lessons have to be learned the hard way. And that was one of them. You know, I learned that if somebody's pulling away from you, you have to respect it. You cannot hang on tighter and guilt trip them into staying with you. Um, because why would you want that anyway? You know, you, I mean, in my situation, I was so desperate to keep him that I didn't care how I kept him, you know? Um, but now I'm like, I want somebody who wants to be with me and who knows that. And, um, and I want to be able to give them the same thing. And I know I'm capable of that. I learned that too, that I'm capable of being there for somebody and loving them unconditionally. Um, so yeah, it was, that was a big deal to me. Um, I also learned that I can trust that I can forgive. Um, I learned what I do and don't like in a relationship. I learned what I value and, um, I learned how I like to be touched, which is actually kind of a big deal for me a little bit. Um, because I mentioned earlier some reactive attachment. Um, I have like, I don't know. It's not like a huge deal. Like I don't want to come off like I'm super weird or anything, but like, I just, I don't really touch people. Like I'm that person, like you, they're a group of people and everybody hugs everybody else except me. They just like, I give off a vibe, I guess that I am not like super touchy feely. And, um, yeah, you can read your own thing about reactive attachment, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like my family's not super touchy, so it's not a huge, um, I'm not very comfortable with it. I didn't get habituated to it, if you will. Um, so it's a little bit harder for me to be like all over the place. But, um, I, so in that context, I did get to learn how I like to be touched and that sort of thing. And I learned that I did like it. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I learned a lot of things and I also learned, uh, what it feels like to be committed to somebody fully and like not seeing a way out of it and just like being like, yeah, this is it forever. You know, even though I was wrong, um, like it's cool. You can't control the other person. And that's another thing that I learned. Um, it is not your job to convince somebody to stay with you or that you, you are the one for them. It's, it's up to them to decide. And also a huge, 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 huge thing, um, is that, um, 
you can see problems in them and you obviously as the one in the relationship, you know, you know better than anyone what they need to change to make the relationship better, but it is not up to you to change them. It's not your responsibility. It's not your job to fix them or change them as you see fit. The only person that can change them is them. And it's only if they want to, they shouldn't have to feel like they should. They should want to because, you know, it'll help the relationship. They want to be a better person. They want to change that aspect of them because it's not making them happy anymore. You know, I mean, like it it has to come from a place of genuine want on their end. It cannot come from you forcing it. And that is something that I really have to take away from that relationship that it's just like, you have to worry about you. You have to worry about what you can control. And in that relationship, I had two options. I could either change the situation by breaking up and ending it, or I could change the way I think and I could expect less. I could, um, alter the way I'm thinking about it and reevaluate what's important to me. And if the things that he's doing that are upsetting me are really worth being upset over. Um, and I, in the end could not do that because those are my values. And I wasn't asking anything ridiculous. You know, I was just like, (laughs) hang out with me. (laughs) Um, and he didn't want to, and that's cool. Like that's totally fine. But I just, I wish that it had ended differently because, um, I definitely did really care about him. And, but I think the only way that I was ever going to walk away from that relationship was for it to go down in flames, unfortunately, because I was so like addicted to it. And also here's a fun psychology fact for you. Um, relationships produce the same hormones in your brain that are produced from addictive drugs like oxys and Coke and have the same addictive properties. So when you go through a breakup, you're actually going through withdrawal. So the reason that you want to text your ex the whole time that you're going through a breakup is not because you need to, or you want to, or it's fate or destiny. It's just because your brain misses those good feelings and you're trying to get a hit. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that was, that was a fun thing that we learned, um, during all that. I did a lot of research on breakups and heartbreak and learned a lot about that and we'll be able to empathize better in the future um, for people in my life or if I have future clients um, after you know I start doing counseling Um, but uh, one of the things that really helped me through that was watching and reading Guy Winch's book and his TED talk Um, it's G-Y-W-I-N-C-H Guy Winch um, how to fix a broken heart. His, his book is like a coffee table book and I wish I still had it, but unfortunately I gave it to my ex. Um, but, um, it was like a short little book, very, very informative, very, very good and helpful. And it's an extended version of the Ted talk. So if you're too lazy to read, just watch the Ted talk. Um, but the Ted talk was incredibly moving and talks a little bit more about the addictive properties and stuff. Um, and it just helps it make sense a little bit more, um, all the emotions that you're feeling and the process and all that. Um, and also normalizes it. Like there's no time limit. Um, I mean, like I started going downhill about April of last year and I'm just now like back on my feet, like this month I've just like officially woken up out of the depression. I am good to go. Um, so, uh, yeah. And after that, last relationship ended, I 
started going back to therapy because I was in such a low place. I was like, I have to do something. And I went back to my therapist because I was like, well, damn, that bitch was right. <laughs> and uh, so I like walked in with my tail between my legs and I was like, I'm sorry, I fucked up. <laughs> and she was like, no, you're good. You just needed your time to realize it. And I was like, yep, you're right. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. Uh, also, that's not how our conversations actually go. I don't think I have to say that, but just in case. Um, anyway, uh, so we we talked and we sorted it out, and therapy's been very helpful in reflecting and, you know, deciding what I could have done better. And, um, well, not necessarily what I could have done better, but just, like, where the areas are that I want to improve for next time. And um, so after that, I started going on dates because I was super depressed and we were like, let's take advantage of your depression and, um, you know, push yourself a little bit. So I got on Tinder or Bumble or whatever and just started like talking to people and just like forming connections and, uh, going on dates. And I went, I think on 10 different sit down, like coffee type dates where you just talk to the person and they all lasted like five to six hours for no reason at all. And, um, I met a lot of really cool people that taught me so many different things about what I do and don't want in people. And, um, unfortunately I think it might've been too soon. Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't really out there looking for love or like to find somebody. And I think maybe some of those people that I went on dates with probably were, um, but don't worry, I did not lead them on. I just ghosted them. <laughs> um, sorry, everyone. Um, but yeah, so, um, I met a lot of really cool people and they taught me a lot of different things. I learned about a bunch of different people, got better at conversation and it sounds like I used them as like some cruel, like social experiment, but really like, I thought that's what I wanted at the time. I thought that if I went on dates, I would find somebody and I would get over Kyle um, and it just, it didn't happen. And, um, finally the antidote to everything a rebound. <laughs> I started dating this other guy. Um, I met him one night and we just, it just, it felt right that night. Um, and that was about it <laughs> after that. It just, it didn't really, um, didn't really feel like the move anymore, you know? Um, but, um, that first night, uh, we, we just really clicked. Uh, we'll call him Harry because I'm thinking of styles. We'll call him Harry. Um, so met Harry and we just really vibed and, uh, it was fun. And like literally the next time we hung out, uh, he was like, what do you want? And I was like, I would like a relationship and I got confused by our conversation because I was like, what do that mean? I thought he asked me out and I was like, cool. Cause I was ready to jump into something, you know? And so we just started our relationship. Then two days of knowing each other. I mean, we had like texted and stuff, but like, anyway, um, so we started going out and it, it just became very clear to me very fast but at the amount that I was doubting myself. I was like, Oh my God, what have I done? And I just felt so bad because he's such a sweet and such a genuine guy. Um, but we just didn't have that connection. Like our conversations were so dry and I don't know if you've noticed, but I like to talk and it just, it killed me. It would absolutely was so 
boring and it's not he's not a boring person i just like could not talk to him i don't know what it was we just like did not connect that way and um just you know he had some insecurities and stuff and so did i um but it just both of us were just like not vibing and it did not go well um but we ended up just like keeping things more casual. And then eventually he was like, you know, I want a relationship and you don't. Um, and I was like, oops, (laughs) story of my life. Sorry. And, um, so, um, one of my hangers just moved and I did not like that. Um, anyway, um, so he was like, you know, I'm just, I'm good on this. Uh, have a good one. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And, uh, there were no hard feelings. Um, actually just talked to him the other day. Um, like we're chill. It wasn't a deep thing. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I just decided after a few days, I was like, well, guess we're getting back on Tinder because <laughs> I can't be alone. Um, but I did learn in that relationship, uh, that I definitely need conversation and connection. And, um, that that's a huge, huge deal for me. And, um, so got back on Tinder mostly just because I was like bored out of my ever loving mind because I lost, cause Addie is my friend that lives here. And, um, like outside of her, I don't have anybody in town. So that was my second person to hang out with that. I just like lost. So I was like unbelievably bored because Addie had a boyfriend, has a boyfriend still. And, um, I was just like, I don't have anybody to talk to and I don't want to bother you all the time. Um, and Maddie also has a boyfriend. So I was like, I don't want to bother her either. You know, I talk to him when I can, but they're both usually busy. And this was before the Corona mess happened. So, um, they like actually had lives and things to do. So, um, in my free time, I just like didn't have anybody to talk to and it's very lonely out here. So I was like, you know what? I'll just get Tinder and Bumble, whatever. And I just kind of like did it in my free time. Like, you know, watching a show, sit down, do it, you know, whatever. If I'm like waiting in line, get on Tinder or something, uh, it's like very casually swiping. And, um, you know, everybody I talked to, I was just like, so not into it and, um, very bored, very, very bored. And, um, all the conversations were just like, Hey, hi, hello, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. That's cool. How'd you get into that? Blah. And it's just like stupid, stupid conversation. And as much as I value conversation, I think I'm terrible at caring one, uh, especially over text. Like I just, I also like don't have that much energy to put into texting Well, I say that, but <laughs> let me get there. Um, so yeah, that was just ridiculous that I just, I hated it. I hated every second of it. And I was like, kept saying to my therapist, I was like, I am dreading, dreading meeting someone like new because I have to do the whole thing all over again, where I tell them the same thing about my life. I have to explain my parents. I have to explain the horse thing. I have to explain the dog, the cats, blah, blah, blah. I have to explain my interests and school and where I'm going. Like, it's just so annoying to have to like redo all of that. It's like, I, I did it once. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> and she was like, I get it. It's a, it's a game we all have to play. It's the rat race, but, um, it's worth it. So I was like, I guess I'll just try it again. Um, but I was just bored. I ended up going out on another date. And at this point I was like, I don't think I'm capable of being in a relationship right now. Like, cause I went on a date with this guy who also, was into psychology. That's what he's studying. 
professionally. We wanted to go in the same career field. He's very, very intelligent. We could talk about all of the same things. He was attractive. His date ideas were super cute and fun. And um, I really enjoyed hanging out with him. Felt zero romantic connection to him. Like none at all. And I was like, oh, I don't know what is wrong with me. And I'm starting to wonder, and I'm just throwing this out here. I don't really know what all the words mean, but like there's this one that stuck in my head in high school, demisexual, because I feel like, and don't, 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 I don't want to lose you here. Um, I'm still, I'm, I'm straight. I like boys. Not that there's anything wrong with not liking boys. Actually, my sister's a lesbian. So if you didn't know that, now you do. Um, but I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I think it plays into reactive attachment. Like, just going on a date with somebody is so uncomfortable and new for me. Like, it's just a lot all at once. And um, I'm, like, supposed to evaluate in five to six hours whether I like this person or not or I want to see them again. And then going on a second date, you know, that normally is like, I like you. I want to keep doing this. And there's expectations, blah, blah, blah. So it just, it alarms me. And I don't know why I've just checked that as like uncomfortable, but it's just, it's a lot. And I prefer to get to know somebody before I like start going out with them. I don't know if that's weird, if that's a 21st century thing, but like in order for me to like develop romantic feelings for somebody, I feel like I have to know them as a person first, because looking at my dating history, every person that I've gone on to like on dates with that I've liked and ended up dating are because I talked to them extensively before, um, we actually like introduced a romantic context. So I had time to like, you know, be interested in them and view them in that light, if that makes sense. Um, and so with this guy, I just like, it was totally platonic. Like I, I did not want him to kiss me. I didn't want him to touch me. I did not like, I just wanted to talk. That was it. And it's so weird because he literally checked every box and he was cute. That dude was mad cute. And uh, he looked like a TikTok boy. And I just did not feel anything. And I was like, I'm broken. I've got to be. I was like, I'm going to be hung up on Kyle for the rest of my life. And I'm never going to get over it. And because um, I mean, the one before Harry, Harry was wonderful too. He's just a little dry, but like super attractive, super sweet guy. And I just didn't feel it. And I was like, I was like, okay, I guess that's it. I'm just not ready or something, question mark. Um, but, you know, boredom wins out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep, keep on keeping on talking to people whenever I feel like it. I'm not going to, like, try so hard to, like, make something happen here. I guess I'll just talk to people whenever I want to. So, um, that brings me to where we are now. Um, there is a thing. There's a, there's a, a storm of brewing, if you will. Um, some tender moments. <laughs> Get it? Okay, cool. Um, so, one fateful night, I was on Tinder, and I was just messing around, and, um, I, actually, I think it was, it was daytime. I matched with this guy. I don't even remember swiping on him, to be honest with you, and if we end up married, I'm going to be embarrassed, but I do not remember seeing his profile at all. And, um, I can't remember. I don't remember who messaged first, actually. I'm pretty sure it was him. And, um, this was when Corona had just started, like just started becoming a conversation in the United States. Um, so I made a joke about toilet paper as one does. And, um, 
and like horses and something. I don't really remember what all we started talking about, but, um, and then he made a joke back and I was like, oh shit, he's funny. And like, cause that's such a big deal to me. I love jokes and accents and stupid shit and making people laugh. And I hardly ever like meet people that like try to make me laugh too. So like when I do, I'm like, oh my God, I love you. So, um, I thought he was super funny and we started talking and slowly but surely our messages got to be super freaking long, like ridiculous. I, I don't even know how to explain how long they were, but Tinder was glitching and hated it. And so I was like, Hey dude, uh, can you give me your phone number? And, um, actually I believe what I said was because I'm so smooth was, um, I am hoping to God that your, um, only form of communication with the outside world is not just Tinder. Here's my phone number. And he was like, it is just Tinder. And I was like, shit. (laughs) But, um, we ended up texting, which I prefer to Snapchat because Snapchat tends to lend itself to really short conversations that don't go anywhere. But I have a feeling that if I had talked to this one, um, who we will call, I'm coming up with such dumb names right now. We would call him Adam. Um, if I had started talking to Adam over Snapchat, I doubt we would have run into this problem that I mentioned, like of it just being really short conversations. But, um, anyway, our texting conversations got to be just absolutely asinine. Like, I mean, I was typing in the notes section of my phone so I could separate into paragraphs and send to him. And like, it would take up the entire, my entire computer screen was just a text. Like, I'm surprised we didn't have the little dot, dot, dot triangle, like click to see more. Like it was dumb, 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 dumb. And he was sending them back. And I was like, who is this kid? Like, no guys put that much effort in text. And I was like, I'm gonna reciprocate it because I mean, we're talking about everything. Like, I don't know. I think at one point we got up to 10 different topics per text message of just dumb shit, like just stuff that doesn't matter at all. But it was just so interesting to talk about. And, um, like it's, it's so funny because like, I, I like the first conversation we had, I left him on red for like a day. And then I was like, I guess, I guess I'll talk to him again. And then that started and I was like, Oh my God. And then we just like kept going and haven't stopped since. And it's been two weeks. (laughs) Um, And it sucks because we got some, you know, just a dash of global pandemic happening. Um, but we, um, yeah, we've FaceTimed a few times and he's super, super, super cute, handsome, wonderful looking human. So smart. Like just, it astounds me the things that come out of his mouth sometimes. Cause I'm like, I just expect boys to be dumb. I know that's like super sexist, but like all of the boys I met have proven that to be true. <laughs> like, they're just stupid. I mean, not all of them, obviously. They have their strength, blah, blah, whatever. But, like, eh, it's just, like, it's not the best conversation with a 19 to 20-year-old male, you know? You want them to be a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more intelligent, you know? Um, but having, like, real deal, connecty conversations, like, I-, I can have a deep conversation with anybody about dirt, you know? Like, I'm just so willing to engage in conversation and, um, he just takes it all the way and is so into it. And it's just like one of the sweetest people I've ever met. I'm interested in talking to him and 
I, I, just, I don't I don't know what to say, guys. I feel like I'm about to get my shit rocked because I feel like it's happening again. <laughs> Which is also exciting, like really exciting that that can happen again because I was starting to doubt myself there for a little bit. I was like, I'm never going to find anybody because I can't feel anything anymore. I was broken by Kyle. And uh, that's not the case. Uh, I can feel something for somebody again. I get like a little excited when he texts me, you know, my heart did the thing. And, um... I, like, want to talk to him, like, uh, when something happens, like, I'm like, ooh, I want to text, what did I give him the name? Adam. I, I'm like, ooh, I want to text Adam about that, I'll send him a video on Snapchat, and, like, all day long, text message and Snapchat, and usually on Snapchat, there are, like, two different conversations going at the same time, uh, in the chat, and then one other conversation going on via picture, and then, uh, we also text, We've eased off on texting a little bit because I think both of us got really burnt out on sending way too long text messages and we know ourselves too well. And if we start texting again, it'll get out of hand again because we both have to acknowledge everything that the other says and then it just keeps going forever. And, um, but yeah, so he is just like, it just blows my mind. Astounds me. He's literally such a nice, genuine dude, funny, respectful, um, you know, cares about his family and, um, God, I could just, I could go on forever. He's just, just an incredible dude. And I am so pissed at the fucking universe right now because they are not letting me meet this man's. Um, and we might just have to have to do a little risky parking lot meetup, you know, not risk anybody else, just ourselves because, you know, I want to meet this man so that I can stop wasting my time texting him if he's super, super weird and, like, has, like, seven nipples or something. Um, I think short of having a third arm, hmm, that's an innuendo. Didn't mean that. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) Like, if he had two heads, eh, another innuendo. (laughs) Shit. Okay. um, Anyway, like, just... I, now I can't think of su- something super weird. Like, if he just ended up being a total creep. Short of that, I don't think anything's going to deter me from this guy. And the feeling seems to be mutual. And it's just, it's so nice to talk to somebody who actually, like, wants to talk to you, you know? Like, it just, it feels so reciprocated and nice. And I don't know, I'm just so into it. And it stresses me out because I'm like, oh my god, what if I get done dicked over again? And I don't want to do that. And... Um, it's a very real fear, but I'm, I'm trying with all of my heart and all of my friends are supporting me and they know all of the details and they are keeping me on the track because there have been a few times I've been like, I'm just not going to text them back. I'm just, I'm just going to ghost them and we're going to be done because I don't want to do this. And they're like, Jill, you can't, <laughs> you're not allowed. You like this one. Stop. And, uh, they're right every single time. And I really do like him a lot. And I haven't felt this way about somebody since I first met Kyle. It's so weird. That's not his name. Um, Anyway. um, But it's been such a long time since I felt something for somebody else. And um, even if this doesn't work out, at least I've learned that I am capable of feeling something for somebody else. And it would suck because I really, really fucking like Adam because he's dope as hell. And also, oh my God, I have put so much into our conversations. (laughs) Like, I don't want to... I don't want to mess that up, you know? Um, but he just seems to be, like, such a genuinely good dude and, like, is in touch with himself and existing. Like, he's not just 
like living to party like most of them are. Um, so I don't know. I just, I really respect him. And, uh, we also have the same music taste and me and Kyle did not have the same music taste. And I think that that is a predictor of marriage. So (laughs) I'm totally kidding by the way, but that's super annoying. Like when you're in the car and you like want to vibe out and they're like, "Mm, I hate your music taste. And they put theirs on and you're like, "Mm, I hate your music taste. Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, this is not the comparison show, but, um, it is nice to like, just notice the things that are, are, are better and that feel so much more right this time. And, um, I could be totally off the mark here, but like, just to even be able to say things like that is, it's just not where I was even a few weeks ago. And, um, I'm so glad, like, I hate the pandemic, but also like, I'm glad that I met him during something like this because we are forced to take it slow. And, um, really get to know each other, develop a solid friendship and a foundation. And it's, it's slow enough that it doesn't freak me out. Um, because you know, sometimes relationships like pick up and they sprint and, um, that just doesn't work for me. I, I just can't fall for people like that. I don't know what the deal is. I just like, I do not experience like intense feelings for people that I don't know, you know? Um, and that's, I think from my understanding, I think that's what a demisexual is, but, um, I don't know. And I don't know if that's an appropriate label and I don't really categorize myself as that really, but if you understand that word, then that probably makes sense to you. But, um, I really think it's more the reactive attachment, um, thing that's just like, I have some issues with attachment and trust and, um, affection and stuff like that. So when people are overly affectionate too fast, Um, and it's not on my terms. It makes me really uncomfortable. And, uh, that's something that I'm aware of and that I have to work on. Um, but it's kind of hard because the only way to work on that is by doing the thing that makes you very uncomfortable and that's being touched by strangers. And that's, you can't really practice that with a lot of people. (laughs) Like it's, uh, it's, it's a difficult thing to practice. Um, but anyway, the point is I am taking the silver lining, uh, you know, in full advantage and just being like, we get to talk and, um, really get to know each other and, um, just spend a lot of time picking each other's brains and enjoying the conversation and, um, yeah. And just not having it all be about like physical stuff. Um, which like, don't get me wrong. I would not mind (laughs) at this point, but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's really fun and exciting because I haven't, haven't felt this way in a really long time. And, um, even with Harry, the last one, um, I just, I didn't connect with him like that. And he knew that. And I also knew that. And now we're on the road to a new relationship potentially. Um, but the fun thing about this one, the caveat is he lives three hours away. Woo. Isn't that fun? (laughs) And we already have trust issues. (laughs) So, uh, we'll see how this goes. But if anything, like I said, um, if anything, I've learned that, um, I can feel something for somebody again and it doesn't have to, um, doesn't have to be somebody I've already been with. I can feel feelings for someone new. Um, again, I want to reiterate if you know my dating history and you know the people that I've been with, um, I have no ill will towards them. I don't wish anything but, um, the best for them. I hope that the issues that we had don't come up in future relationships. I hope that they were a learning experience and, um, 
only make them better people. Um, just like they did me, you know, um, that's all you can really hope for. And, um, yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that happened, yeah, undeniably it was shitty. I did some shitty things too. I mean, I didn't like lie or cheat or anything like that, but I mean, just like some of the emotional, uh, manipulation stuff that I did unintentionally and intentionally, um, just to try and keep the relationship was, um, damaging, I'm sure. Um, so, I mean, we each had our issues and, um, shared fault for the things that happened. Um, but that doesn't mean that, um, I, I don't like that person or I hate them or I wish any ill will on them. Um, certainly don't love them. Don't really care to speak to them again, but, um, I, I think that we can live our lives separately. Also, he lives in a different state and it doesn't matter because I think I'm pretty sure he's graduating this year. I don't know. I hope so because, uh, that way I'll literally never see him again. So <laughs> it's not a problem because, um, uh, the past year we've been living very close together and I don't like that. Um, but he's gone now. So, um, thank you Corona for that. But beyond that, we are all good. I, and living my best life out here, just trying to focus on the horses and, um, staying safe, wash my hands, working out, doing some homework and talking to this new guy. Um, I hope that you guys are all staying safe, um, in all of this. And I hope it's not scaring you too bad. Um, I hope your family members are okay. I know my parents are on the older side. My dad will be turning 69 in May. So, um, yeah, my parents are old. <laughs> my mom is like in her, like nearing 60 or is 60. Sorry. She just turned 60 last year. Um, so my parents are on the older side, so it's concerning for me, um, for them. And, um, you know, I'm just nervous about all of it, but, um, I hope that you guys are, um, taking it seriously and staying inside and, um, trying to keep all your people safe. Um, I hope that you guys are faring well financially during all of this. Um, I just, again, could not, could not be more thankful for my situation right now. Um, because I do get to stay here with my horse and my cats and I get to, you know, love on the baby horses and work with them and spend all my time petting them and making sure that they like humans. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it. I hope that you guys stay safe. I hope that this was a helpful little distraction for you. Um, and I hope that you're not judging me too harshly for some of my past mistakes and decisions. I am a human too. Um, we all do human things and I'm not perfect. Neither are you, neither are my exes, you know, nobody is, but I think it's the ability to have compassion and look back on situations and learn from them because it's only a mistake if you don't learn from them. Also, one of my favorite quotes is, um, you can only do the best you can with what you know. And when you know better, you can do better. Um, I butchered it, but it's a Maya Angelou quote you can look up. Um, but so, I mean, you can only do your best with what you know. And when you know better, you can have a new best. And that's what I'm looking forward to in my next relationship. Um, because the last one, I didn't know jack shit and I dicked it right up. It was not good, <laughs> but now I know a lot more and I'm excited because I think I'll be able to handle it a lot better. Um, so I'm fingers crossed for that. 
I hope that you guys are enjoying that and um, also um, doing some fun exploratory things. And also, another thing I do want to say, like, you also don't have to be always looking for a partner um, because even though I was on the dating apps there for a little while, like, it was nice to take time off from them for a while and, you know, uh, I had that short-lived relationship with Mr. Harry um, that obviously I wasn't on dating apps during that time, but it did feel like a break because I wasn't really invested in that relationship, which sucks for him. And I feel bad about, but I couldn't really help. And I was trying to convince myself that I loved him and I didn't, um, <laughs> just, just girly things. Um, but, um, it was nice because I got to reevaluate myself and think about myself and then, um, took some time after that. And after a few days, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go again. And then I finally met somebody that I actually connect with. And then I was like, oh, it's not that I'm inept or have a problem. It's just I connect with a certain type of person and they're rare because I, I like conversations and it's really hard to have a conversation with somebody over Tinder. Um, but anyway, that is my long rant. I hope that there are some gems somewhere in there that you guys can gleam, but Mostly, I just want you all to know that you are absolutely worth it. And, you know, if the relationships are not bringing you joy, it's time to do something about it. Um, reevaluate them. You know, what what can you control? And is is it something worth keeping in your life? Is it making you happier than it is making you sad? And if not, it's time to do something about it. And sometimes all that means is having a conversation. Um and other times it means that person doesn't need to be in your life anymore. And other times it means that maybe you are holding a worldview or a schema or a belief that um, is maladaptive that you need to work on, you know? I mean, there are endless, endless things. Um, but, um, you know, when things go wrong, it's it's a sign to take a look at it and see what we can we can do to improve. So, um, I hope that you guys stay safe, stay healthy, um, and stay, um, caring about yourself and taking care of yourself in your relationships and not letting yourself end up like me who went through the ringer and ended up in the worst suppression of her life, um, because she just stopped caring about herself and only cared about one thing and it was that relationship. Um, so learn from my mistakes and take the lessons that I shared with you guys and, um, apply them. I promise it's not, it's not an old wives tale. It's very, very true. Um, unfortunately. So yeah. Anyway, we look forward to the future. Um, when everything's out of quarantine and life can get better. Um, but yeah, I just can't wait for things to go back to normal so that, um, we can all feel better about everything. But again, I hope this podcast distracted you guys for a little bit and was some relief in your stress. Um, and you got to listen to all of my stressful situations. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. You can check me out at Jet Equithery on literally pretty much any platform on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, com is my website. I have resources. I have links to where you can listen to this podcast and other places. Um, I have 
books and tools and all the things that I have suggestions for all on that website, as well as some blog posts about positive reinforcement, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, I think that's all I care to plug right now. This podcast does have an Instagram too, also and a Facebook page. It's Jet Real Podcast. Um, so check that out. Shoot me an email if you have a topic suggestion at jetrealpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, I will leave you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I'm sorry, but it's probably going to be up late uh, today. Um, but I will get it up. But I do need to go to bed. So thank you guys for listening and supporting the podcast. Again, please, please, please stay safe and uh, wash your hands a lot. But all right. Thank you guys. Goodbye.